YNI, a brand new podcast by Enza Recruitment, showcasing the best of the NI tech sector. We'll hear from industry leaders about their businesses, challenges, products and achievements as we set out to uncover what really makes the NI tech sector tick. Hi everyone and welcome to the seventh episode of the YNI Industry Leaders podcast series. I'm delighted to welcome Mark Owens on today's episode. Mark is the Managing Director at Civica Northern Ireland and previously worked for Capgemini, where he was a Vice President for over three years. Mark has a passion for recognising the people of Northern Ireland and proactively adopts a corporate and social responsibility approach to develop and retain IT skill sets. From initiatives with local schools, colleges and universities to providing Coder Dojo mentoring. Mark, I'm thrilled to welcome you to YNI. It's great to have you on the show today. Definitely haven't covered all of your career highlights in that intro. So I'd love um, if you could give us a brief introduction to who you are, your role and your career journey through IT. Certainly, uh, Becca, thanks for the introduction. Uh, so yes, Mark Owens, um, Managing Director of Civica Northern Ireland. Uh, Civica is a software uh, development company a uh, group. Um, I run the Northern Ireland part of that group and my role is to uh, grow the business in Northern Ireland and provide uh, software development services predominantly in the public sector and we're very proud to be uh, have been part of the delivery of uh, projects like NI Direct um, where we've delivered sort of core services to uh, Northern Ireland citizens. Um, my journey and career in IT started Many, many years ago, I'm not going to embarrass you by telling you how many years ago, but uh, I started off as a hardware engineer. I studied electronics and electrical engineering at Belfast uh, Met and got into work very early um, and went into the computer industry when it was really booming. Um, spent four years of that in London, uh, very early years, 21 years old. Came back to Northern Ireland and uh, worked for a company who's no longer around called BIC Systems, um, where I really learned my trade. Um, so I was a hardware engineer there building servers and, and the likes. And I one day discovered this thing called software. And I decided that rather than having to lift big, heavy servers and cut my fingers by putting them into racks, I could see this guy just sitting at a desk installing this software called SAP. Um, and I got very interested and intrigued by this software. At that point, it was one of the sort of big manufacturing softwares. Um, so I, I decided to get trained on that software. Um, luckily, BIC invested in me and seen the, the, the opportunity. And I then went on to become a certified SAP consultant. Um, and then um, I, I realized that Northern Ireland was quite small at that point with SAP. There wasn't that many customers. I think there was two. And for me to achieve what I wanted to do, I needed to sort of spread my wings. So. I managed to persuade uh, Ed Vernon, who was the managing director of BIC Systems at the time, that we should start up an SAP practice, and, and that we did. Um, started very small, effectively me, and we built it up to a team of about eight or nine people by the end of that, that, that situation. And we were delivering services predominantly to customers in the Republic of Ireland, some large blue chip companies, uh, Bank of Ireland, uh, Superquin, Elan Pharmaceuticals, the likes of those big organizations who, who had the capacity and, and the, um, the, the, the money to actually implement such a big software. 
But um, not satisfied with that, I got called by a company called Capgemini, a, a global consultancy company who had worked with previously in a project, asked me to come over and, and, and become one of their technical architects uh, for SAP. So took myself off to London in around 2007 and started with Capgemini and um, had a fantastic career there, 11 years, um, working with some of the biggest customers in the world, um, Rolls-Royce, BAE Systems. Uh, HMRC and towards the latter part of that career um, I had the real pleasure of being the uh, lead uh, um, consultant on Burberry the fashion brand global fashion brand and uh, at that point I then was moving up the ranks of Capgemini I was head of SAP and then I became a vice president for the company so it was probably at the highest peak of where, where my career was um, but I guess the draw in Northern Ireland got me back. Um, I'm, I'm born and bred here. Um, and I was traveling um, out on a Tuesday morning, a red eye from, from Muldergrove and back on a Friday evening, which you know, after 11 years um, was taking its toll. And I always knew and wanted to come back to Northern Ireland and to share my experience of working with some huge, big customers um, on some big, big programs. and. Um, I was very lucky to be contacted by a headhunter who asked me would I be interested in being the managing director of Civica in Northern Ireland. So I, I, I didn't think twice about that. I, I, I contacted the, the, um, the, the, the headhunter and we, we, we arranged to see uh, Wayne Story, who's the group CEO of, of Civica. And I think Wayne got me and I got Wayne and um, we realised there, there was a good connection and on Actually, the 19th, two days ago uh, of July 2018, I walked into uh, Civica Northern Ireland to become Managing Director. So hopefully that gives you a bit of an insight to my career in IT. Yeah, that, that's been brilliant. Um, it's been so varied. Um, and happy work anniversary for two days' time. Yes, yeah, so it, was, it, was, it was LinkedIn that reminded me because everybody started bringing me notes saying, congratulations on your work anniversary. I thought, oh, yeah, it's, it's right. <laughs> And the gate will be always in my ingrained in my brain and brain. But it, it's been a pleasure to come back to Northern Ireland. And I've, I've to be honest, uh, Becca, I've had to sort of get to know Northern Ireland again. I haven't worked in Northern Ireland's the sector and the market and the geographics for at least uh, twenty years. Um, so I had to get a back and understand who's who. And some people that I met twenty years ago are still here and still working in the industry, and some new faces. So it's been it's been a it's been a uh, an interesting time to get up to speed and, and to understand the Northern Ireland network. Yeah, it's um, it's constantly, constantly growing and moving forward, isn't it? So it's keeping up to speed with that is a job in itself, but an exciting yes, it job. Is. Yeah, it <laughs> um, is. I also really like that you mentioned that you, you know, you wanted to come back to share your knowledge, um, you know, of the successes that you've had and, you know, probably of the challenges you've had as well throughout your career. So that's, you know, um, really brilliant to hear as well. But let's focus on um, Civica for a moment. So you've mentioned a couple of uh, big projects that you guys have had there with, you know, NI Direct and things like that. But what would you say would be one of the single biggest achievements for you and the team there so far? Yeah, there's been a few. Um, I, you know, I came into a company that um, it was well established and, and delivering superb services. But if I had to pick out one thing that we've done in the three years of, of my uh, tenure, um, about February 2020, um, we happened to have the luck of asking to pitch our services to 
the Department of Health for Northern Ireland, HSE Northern Ireland, and in particular to uh, Dan West, who's the Chief Digital Officer, and his medical advisor, Dr. Eddie O'Neill. So we, we had them in the office and we said, look, we, this is what we do. It was just a very you know, casual meeting, cup of coffee. We do software development. We do mobile applications. And about two weeks later, uh, a certain thing called COVID arrived. Mm. And we were all a bit, well, this is COVID about. Um, but it became very apparent quickly that um, this was pretty serious. And about two weeks after that meeting, three weeks after that meeting, um, Dan and Eddie called us and said, hey guys, um, you said you did mobile applications, is that right? And we went, yes, yeah, yeah. He says, um, could you build us a mobile application and can you build it really, really, really quickly? Uh, and we said, sure, what's this for? And they said, um, we need an application, a mobile application for everybody in Northern Ireland to understand what the core symptoms of COVID are. If you have those symptoms, what you should do. Because it became apparent then that the National Health Service in Northern Ireland was going to get inundated with people who were worried, who were not sure whether they had COVID, and that was going to put a strain on our health system in Northern Ireland. Um, that was great. The real challenge was, uh, Dan and Eddie said, hey, we need that in two weeks. <laughs> and we, we sort of shook our heads and went, sorry, did you say two weeks? And we, they said, yeah, we, we need the application on the Apple Store and the Google Store in two weeks' time. So we loved that. That was a challenge. We said, right, okay, can we do this, guys? And we went, yeah, we can. And our team just worked night and day for, for, for at least 10 days. We had the application ready. And it did what exactly what the guys wanted to do. They wanted it to brief. So when you went on, you put your details, your age. Um, you asked whether you had one of the following symptoms. If you did, it would tell you what to do. We built a chatbot into that immediately so people could just type in what they wanted and an AI and chatbot behind it would give them information quickly. Um, the, the, the one hurdle we had actually was that we had it ready, but Apple have to review every application that they post to put mm -hmm. onto Apple Store. And we actually had to escalate to the second in charge of Apple to get the, the actual um, application onto the Apple Store. Um, but once we did, um, we had 90,000 downloads in the first week. Um, which was amazing and that's not the amazing but the real amazing bit was we got some stats to say that GP calls had reduced from 6,000 a day down to 1,000 a day as a result of the app. Now that that was the bit that blew me away because what we were trying to do was uh, sort of take the pressure off of frontline services like GPs and A&E and it was clear the application was doing that so people were feeling a little bit more um, relieved about when they put the information in that they, they either did or didn't have COVID. And if they did, you know, if it was not affecting you, self-isolate if it was, you need to call 111, or if it's very serious, call 999. Um, so, you know, that that achievement was phenomenal. The, the app is still being used um, slightly differently because um, people understand COVID now, they know what the symptoms are. But actually, what's interesting about it is the analytics on it. We, we, we are published um, stats from the HSCNI every day at two o'clock showing how many people have tested positive in the last 24 hours, how many people are in ICU, how many people have been hospitalized. And we do it, we'd have more advanced analytics that show what regions were where there's um, hotspots of COVID infections. And in fact, friends and family love that function. They use it every day. I do every day at three o'clock. I religiously look and sometimes I'm pleased and other times I go, oh my goodness, you know, it's rising. But um, 
it has been it has been a real huge um, success for us, and uh, you know, that that just that challenge and how quickly we turn that around and that application has not failed. It's never failed once, um, and it's always provided information in a timely manner. So, I think that's probably of of all the achievements that I've had in my three year tenure. I think that's the one that stands out for us, um, and we're really proud to have been at the forefront with some other partners as well in building that application. No, that's brilliant. I actually had that app <laughs> and it yeah. was it was great as a from a user's point of view, because you're right at the very beginning of everything. You didn't know what you were doing. Yeah. You didn't know what to expect. And, you know, you did have that fear of, oh, do I ring the hospital? Do I not? You know, so yeah. it, it was brilliant yeah. to have that information there at your fingertips. So, yeah, that was great. And it's also really um, fascinating to me how quickly you could have you turned that around, you know, in that tech for good type type scenario yeah yeah i think the challenge there look i mean public sector procurement in northern ireland is is a bit of a bugbear for me because um you know it just takes a long time to get to a point of actually tendering or going out to find a supplier it can take months it can take years now when there's a crisis and a pandemic is a crisis it's clear that we have to move at pace and thankfully the department under uh, dan and eddie were absolutely clear that they had to move at pace and they were looking for partners who could move at pace with them and I'm really pleased and happy that we were able to help and and, and provide such a core service to to the citizens and the people of Northern Ireland. Mm -hmm. Huge success absolutely and I know that that you know we've kind of gone through that that was also you've you've set out and you realized there was challenges and you overcame them but if we choose a different project to think of a challenge you know what would you say not even you know within the last year what would you say would be the biggest challenge that you and the team of at Civica have uh, faced and then how did you come through that? Well yeah I mean uh, one, one of the uh, I'll, I'll probably talk about a little bit about a, a methodology or technology um look, we, we we deliver we deliver um, all our software development using agile now agile is a word that's used a lot right you, you hear it a lot but actually it's not widely used by customers um, and it's not widely understood by customers. And the reason why Agile is really important is that I've worked in big projects. I've done, implemented SAP projects that took two years to implement using a tech, uh, using a methodology called waterfall. So you spend three, four months with them in a room with little flip charts and whiteboards walking through their business processes and you turn map them out. And the end is they get a big document that talks about, is this what you wanted to do? And, and they sign up. And then eight months later, nine months later, you, your developers are locked in a room and they're typing away and building code and configuring code. And then about a year later, the client gets to see roughly what they thought they were getting. And nine out of 10 times, it's not what they wanted. They go, well, we thought we were going to get this. So a year has gone past, a year has been wasted. And, and therefore, you know, you're sitting there going, well, that's what you asked for. And they go, well, that's not what I wanted. So, um, in Civica, we absolutely live and breathe Agile. And, and the difference with Agile is, the benefits of Agile is that the customer's with us day one. They're in the design phases. They're in the sprints. So what they get to see is they get to see the project, the, the product, week two, week four, week six, week eight. They're involved in it. And what they have to change their mindset is about is, is that they are their skin on the game for the customer, right? Mm -hmm. They need to be involved. They need to be in the project, and I mean in it. 
And when they're in it, they see the value because they get to say, right, hold on, actually, that's not quite what we want. Well, that's week two. We can change that for you because uh, we've had a thing called hybrid agile, which means we can sort of drop function out and put new functions in and net net, you, you're still paying for the same thing. So by the time we get to the end, the, 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 what we call the minimal viable product, the client absolutely knows what they're getting and they like it and they've been involved in the design of it and the build of it. And so when they get to testing, they're very clear. So that's the benefit of Agile. Mm -hmm. the, cha the challenge has been that uh, public sector in Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland Civil Service, for example, have never really done Agile projects, or if they have, they've done them in, in smallest projects. So, um, you know, we, we've done a number of projects on NI Direct on, 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 across the public sector where we've, we've introduced Agile to the client. The challenge has been is them really realizing how they, what they need to do, how important they are in the Agile uh, methodology and how they important they are in sprints. And once you get over that hurdle, the feedback we get from clients, I mean, we've, we've done debriefs and projects that we've delivered. And, and the, the common theme comes back when we ask the client, what, you know, what, what did you think? How, what could you do better? They went, we didn't quite realize how Agile worked. That's the comment coming back. We didn't realize how much imp input we would have to put into it. And then the best bit is, but when we did realize it, we seen the benefit of it. So that's, that's the one challenge I've seen where our developers live and breathe Agile every day. They love it. They do. They work in sprints, um, normally two or four weeks. But the client now gets the value. And one project that we have going live in, in hopefully in a couple of weeks is the appeal service. That's um, Northern Ireland Appeal Service, where it was completely manual paper-based. And now that's completely digitized. And the application has been built over the last year. And the client, again, feedback, we didn't realize how much that we would be needed on it. But once they realized it, they actually get to see the product week two, week four, week seven, week eight, 10, 12. And when it gets down to the end of the development cycle, they already, they've already half tested the product. Um, they, see, they know how it works. They're totally signed off and bought into it and the value comes out then. I think that's probably been one of the biggest challenges I've seen. Um, um, you talked about uh, Northern Ireland. I mean, you're absolutely right. One of the things that we don't do well in Northern Ireland is self-praise ourselves. Um, we, we are as at the forefront of technology as any other country in the world is. We do some amazing stuff but we really don't tell anybody about it. We just think it's, it's the normal thing. Yeah, we are, well, that's, that, that's my job. Well, yes, it is. But when you do it really well, you can tell people about it and you can tell the benefits of why you did that piece of work. So I think that's the challenge we have is making sure that all this technology is great, but what is it doing? What benefits bringing? You know, is it improving a citizen of Northern Ireland's life? That's, I am still letting all our team members Think about what you're doing and think of the value it's bringing to your mother, your grandparents, your niece, your nephew, your uncles, your aunts. And, and, and once they get that, there's a huge pride in building software solutions that way. And, and, and a great kudos when you're in the pub on a Friday night going, Kovacar, yeah, we built that. Did you? Right. OK, brilliant. You know, so so that's that. I think that's the challenge. That's two things is you know, getting customers to come along with us and then also driving the benefit of what we're doing here in Northern Ireland. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. I think you're definitely right on, on the agile side of things. It's almost like a no-brainer, isn't it? Just working together and partnering on something seems so 
natural whenever you're actually working on the product but I, I guess you do have a, your work out for you getting your clients to get on board with that sometimes <laughs> um, yeah but and- we just we just we just assume that they know it and that's they, they don't you, you've got to take them on the journey and once you once they're on the journey that's it you've got them yeah brilliant um okay so you mentioned um the like, I can't remember what you said the appeals app the appeal service yeah yeah the appeal service um so that's one project that you guys obviously have coming down in the pipeline so can you tell us a bit more about possibly that or what else is in store for you guys this year yeah well we're, we're kind of super excited in a bit um and we just um we, we are working with the hsc northern ireland currently on the new covid certification system um which which is due to go live soon um, that's hugely exciting. That is the game changer for Northern Ireland. That's the bit that really tries to help us get out of this pandemic and allows people to do things like travel, uh, attend concerts and go to large venues, football matches, the likes. Um, you probably have seen it and heard it on the news. Dr. Eddie O'Neill has been on um, explaining how the solution will work. Um, I think Northern Ireland have taken a lead all through the pandemic, particularly under the uh, under the leadership of Dan and Eddie. Um, in, in trying to provide services through our devolved government, because each country's done it differently. North England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, Ireland, Republic of Ireland, have all done it differently. But we've always tried to make sure that we have the citizen at the front of it and how we can help our citizens through this pandemic. So the big exciting thing coming, um, which is see launched, I think um, in, in um, late July will be the new COVID certification system. And that's the one that's a game changer where you're able to download your own certification status to your to, to, to your laptop. You can print that off and, 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 and in future phases, you will have that on your phone. So if you go to uh, an airport and they ask you for, you know, at the moment there's five forms you need to fill in if you're traveling to a foreign country, um, manual forms, that will not be anymore. That will be on, on your phone or in a printed document, which you can produce and that will prove. And that's an EU regulated uh, document. So that's that does not just a Northern Ireland centric or GB centric or a UK centric. It is, is a European regulated um, um, standard. Um, that again um, has come at pace. We've worked at that over the last four weeks, uh, night and day, mm-hmm. weekends. I've had a team of about 14 people uh, in Civica along with uh, the department's uh, partners uh, 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 in testing and in creating UX for that application. Um, and, you know, again, we see the value of what we're doing. We understand um, the importance of it. We understand that this is one of the, the things that will help our economy stimulate. Um, also, simple things like mental health. You know, people want to travel to another country. People need to get to holiday People want to go to a concert. People want to eat in restaurants. And, you know, we, we now understand that this application, this service will now help all of that. Um, so that's that's the big um, the big ticket item we're working on at the moment. And we're hugely proud and excited about that. That's amazing. And you should be, uh, you know, you don't realise, uh, I certainly don't, I'm not from a technical background, but you don't realise how hard work, you know, the hard work and the level of work that goes into the quick turnaround on these things. Um, so it's so impressive. And I think we all need to take care of the team at Civic out for a couple of pints when this is well, all over. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you how, how proud of the team I am. I mean, it's a team effort. It's not just Civica. Um, 
we've got um, Big Motive who are doing the UX, we've got Explale doing the testing. But you know, without the vision of Dan West and Eddie O'Neill on this, um, this wouldn't have happened. And you know, they have the backing of, of, of Robin Swan, the health minister. Um, we're just eager to get it done and done quickly. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this we, we, we have to respect things like GDPR. We don't hold information about individuals. Um, this is all very secure, by the way, as well. It's using the highest level of authentication that, that Northern Ireland has seen it at public sector services. Um, but at the end of the day, um, the process behind this, the manual process takes days and days um, to actually get to understand who you are, to validate who you are, to go and retrieve your vaccination statuses, uh, to get your COVID tests. And now we can run this in seconds. And once you're authenticated and once you've got the opportunity to authenticate and prove you are, it's very good to matching service on it. And that'll work out that you are who you are. That'll retrieve your documentations and you're good to go. You can print that out and you can take it away. Um, so it's a fantastic solution. It's a very complex solution. Um, and I think one that, um, you know, when we, when we got the challenge, we all scratched our heads and big deep breath again, let's go again. Mm-hmm. Um, and the team have worked, and I mean night and day, and weekends, I don't think some of them have seen bit sleep for, for <laughs> several several weeks. Um, once this first phase goes out, we, we plan to give them a bit of a breather and then go again and make sure that new functionality, because the legislation, as you know, changes daily. Um, you know, advice from Northern Ireland executive changes, and we have to reflect that into the application um, to make sure that we're, 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 we're helping citizens and, and it's legally correct. So... Uh, yep, that's the big um, the big challenge we have at the moment, and uh, super excited again about that, um, and and the value it brings to us here in Northern Ireland. One hundred percent. I'd love to get you um, on it because I feel like that's a whole podcast in itself, just discussing <laughs> that app. I'm, I'm I'm not doing it justice, and we we should do something <laughs> there. But um, you know, as I say, big team effort from everybody. Brilliant guys. Um, okay, well, let's uh, move away from Civica uh, a little bit. So. Yes. Across the wider tech sector in Northern Ireland, what do you think the sector needs to do as a whole to ensure it grows continually and successfully? Right, now, you, now you've hit my passion project. Um, <laughs> so um, one of the things that I discovered is have not been in Northern Ireland for about um, 20 odd years. You know, I came back to Northern Ireland, not, not sure where we were in, in, in the let's call it the magic square, the, the magic quadrant, is, as Gartner called it, where we top right, we bottom left. <laughs> One thing I know is we're probably some of the most talented software developers in the world. I, I, can, I, I don't even need to question that. I've seen it. I've seen, you know, in my own company, I've seen in other companies and the, the quality of people that we have in Northern Ireland. That's the good news. The not so good news is um, Northern Ireland is now the fifth, biggest tech sector in the UK. As a, as a sector, as a career, if, if I was guiding any young individual into a career in Northern Ireland, I would push them into IT. Uh, why? Because there's more jobs than there are people. And those jobs pay very well. And if you're talented and bright, you will, you will, you will grow and grow. And the world is, is your oyster. And you, it's limitless to where you can go and what you can earn. The challenge we have is that for whatever reason, uh, IT and, comp- and computer science is not being actively pushed throughout our education system. I go back to primary school and I, I, I was, when I landed, one of the other achievements we did, we, was, we set, like a lot of other companies, we set up a, a, 
uh, an initiative to, to teach school kids around software development. But I started in primary schools, and, I, and the reason I started in primary schools is that I've a couple of friends who are principals of primary schools here in Northern Ireland. And I was astounded to see that their uh, curriculum was not mandatory. It was just there were some things that if you wanted to do them, they pretty had much had no budget to do this. They had no devices, uh, kit, tech kit. And we designed a, a, a little program called Coding for Kids where we went out to primary schools, particularly around sort of seven, eight, nine-year-olds. We did a very basic uh, program around using um, a little thing called Sparrows, the little robots and a little iPads. So they weren't actually typing code, but they were dropping and dragging mm -hmm. um, solutions onto a little iPad that made the little Sparrow go forward, turn right. So they were using STEM um, because they had to look at angles and distances and stuff like that. But they're actually starting to see how software works. And the feedback we got, I, I used to come up to the primary schools towards the end of the day and do a little bit of a presentation to the kids for whoever won the, the competition. But each principal I went to um, were amazed uh, and thankful that somebody had come up into the school to teach them and show them because they just couldn't, they didn't have the time. And then um, I discovered I had two sons who went through um, secondary and grammar school education, and one of them particularly wanted to do IT, but I mean, he, he struggled. He struggled to find anywhere in Northern Ireland to, sort of, to, to harness his entrepreneurialism around IT. And um, when I did the um, sort of help in the, in, in the particular college that my two sons went to, I again was astounded of the lack of knowledge by the school and also by the head of uh, IT in the school. Um, who, who generally was trying to teach to a curriculum, but the curriculum was outdated. Mm -hmm. And so what we then discovered was um, kids don't want to do computer science and ICT for A-level. It's, it's pretty hard. And as a result, they try, they try to steer away from it. They're doing, what well, I'm not going to use the word softer A-levels, but they're doing, you know, um, a little easier A-levels to, to gain that A-level. The problem with that then uh, is because they're not picking computer science or, or ICT in university. So we're seeing that there's a statistical fact that shows that numbers that are doing computer science in Queen's Ulster University in Belfast Met is going down. And it worries me because that is, that's the feeder. That's the, that's the, that's the feeder for us. Um, Queen's particularly is a, is, a, is, a, is a feeder university for us. We have most of our, our, our staff have come through either Queen's or Austin University and Belfast Met. They come in and do either their placement or work experience uh, and we sign them up immediately and they come back and we've had people who've left uni and have been with us 15 years. Um, so I depend on um, those graduates coming out of uni and coming to work for companies like Civica. That's, that's, how, we, that's how we operate. My concern is that uh, the education system and schools and, and, and higher education is failing them and, and, and not giving them the opportunity to come into a sector that's so buoyant. I mean, this sector is the most buoyant sector in Northern Ireland. We can't get enough people. I mean, I, I, I sit on a CBI board with, with some of my you know, uh, fellow companies in Northern Ireland. You know, I hear you know, one of the companies is looking for 100 people. They've they got skilled to 100 developers. They're struggling to find them. Um, you know, we've got a, a very healthy and buoyant foreign direct investment, which is great in one sense that, that they're coming into Northern Ireland, but they need people. Mm -hmm. And then they're, they're looking to hire 20, 30 developers. 
they're not there. So therefore, then the market becomes very aggressive. And, and, and therefore, we have to show initiatives to keep our staff. So all of this creates a big problem for me. And I think it's one of the biggest challenges. Um, you know, Northern Ireland has been famous for manufacturing. It's famous for agriculture. I get all that. But I can tell you what it will be famous for is tech. Mm-hmm. And we have some of the most talented tech companies in the world in this little small country. And our challenge is how do we get more people to come into that sector? And it starts when kids are seven, six, seven years old. They're sponges. And the other thing that I'm very passionate about is diversity. Um, you know, we, 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 in primary schools, the demographics are much more diverse in the sense of in a classroom, typically there may be more females than males in a primary school classroom. You go into an A-level, or O level and A level ICT, and you will have a lot less females than that. And if you go into university, less than 20% are female. So, you know, I, I have some extremely talented uh, female developers. Um, uh, I have a graduate who's a graduate from two years ago, runs my coding for kids program. Um, she came up with the idea, all I did was support it and back her, and she runs that program for me now. So my big challenge to, 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 and, and the, and the latter years of my tenure of working in Northern Ireland is to try and create more exposure and, and, and willingness for people, young kids to, to get into ICT, to a career that can bring them anything they want, financially, you know, career-wise, um, and is buoyant. That's our challenge. Yeah, that's blowing my mind a bit. I think it's more scary to see the knock-on effect and how it is going to affect businesses in the years to come if we don't start taking action on you know those early years and getting into schools and and as a community pushing tech and the IT sector as as this great sell you know so that was fascinating again I totally we could do another podcast just on that well, that's, well. that is another podcast that is, <laughs> that's, that's my little pet project I, I, I'm very passionate about it but um it's it's a challenge and we, we need to do we all need to do something all the companies in Northern Ireland need to step up and, and realize the, the challenge and the issue and do something about it um, and, and thankfully there are a good chunk of companies that have got the same same view, same mindset, and, and, and I sit on the board of at least 10 of those that want this to change and need it to change, you know, so we hope to be able to lobby um, the executive and get them to realise how critically important the sector is and, and therefore, you know, try and get more people to come into the sector, bring people back from the UK, and well, mm-hmm. not physically because they're probably at home working from home anyway, but... <laughs> You know, get them out of you know UK company or GB companies and get them back to Northern Ireland working in Northern Ireland companies. Brilliant. Um, no, I couldn't agree more. You mentioned as well that you're you know you rely heavily on grads coming out of university you know to to grow your team successfully. So just for new IT professionals like graduates who are starting out in their careers or career changers, um, what would you say is the best piece of advice you could? and help to ensure a rewarding career in IT? Yeah, look, so um, let me give you, I never spoke about my uh, education. I um, took a different career path than most. Um, I decided at, after having getting nine GCSEs or O-levels, as we call them back in the days, <laughs> um, 
I wanted to focus on industry and I want to focus to get in to do something. So I took this unusual career path for my family, who were all universities uh, graduates, just to go in and do and to go into Belfast and met. Uh, it was Belfast College of Technology at the time. That's how long ago it is. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I did a, 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 an OND in electronical and engineering. And I did it because I wanted to get into, into the industry. I wanted to do it quickly. Now, so, so I'm, not, I'm, I'm definitely not advocating don't do university. But if you feel it's not right for you, well, don't hesitate to go and look at Belfast Met. They have some of the most amazing courses. Uh, I've talked to the uh, the board around there. You know, they focus a lot on technologies that are really important, like AI and cyber and, and cloud, not generic, you know, C-sharp development. This, they, they do diplomas in very specific stuff that's very relative to the industry. So if you're a young IT professional, you know, um, Make a decision. You may decide universities for you, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. We have some hugely talented. Or you might decide you want to get into the industry very quickly, and neither are wrong or neither are right. Uh, sorry, no, neither are wrong. Um, we have um, apprentices who join us, um, and they, 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 they go through the process with us very quickly. They're now developers, senior developers, principal developers. Um, so I would, I, would, I, would rec- I would suggest to people who want to do IT, um, you know, think of the, the, the route you want to go. If you want to go quickly, there are ways to do that. If you want to go through the normal route in university, great. Um, I'd say try and focus on something that you're good at. You know, um, development isn't just software. Development. There's multiple facets to IT and software. You know, I talked about cyber, I talked about cloud, AI, machine learning, your mobile. These are all fantastic technologies that are used by everybody in Northern Ireland every day. So when you lift that mobile phone, smartphone and you go to your bank there's a number of things going on there you're using ios or or google or android you're there's a back-end system there there's an authentication going on so there's a security piece there to that there's a back-end system in the bank all that has to be built and developed so think about an area that you you like think about an area that's relevant i mean i I just mentioned cyber a couple times so critical in today's world Mm -hmm. that we're protected and secure um, there's a number of fantastic cyber companies in Northern Ireland. You know, pick your career and, and focus on it. And the other thing I would say to anybody is go and talk to people. I mean, company, look, I'm a managing director of company. I talk to anybody. Uh, if somebody rang me up and said, can I come in and get half an hour with you to discuss my career? I would, I'd say, right, I'm buying the coffee, come in and we'll have a chat. Because I think what's, what worries me is that there's not enough people advising people about careers in IT. Um, parents are the very, very most important, and a lot of parents aren't picking up this. So we have to educate parents. We have to educate teachers, people that are teaching IT in schools. They need help. They don't. They they haven't been in the sector. They normally go from teacher training college straight into to teaching. Where did they understand how the real world works? They don't get taught. So we have an obligation to go and teach them. So I think really. Um, Remind them that the career, the career they're coming into is the most buoyant in Northern Ireland at the moment. But give them some advice. Give them some really good, strong advice about there are many facets um, to, to this, this industry. Don't just go the, the most basic, basic by default. Challenge yourself. If I look at my own career, I, you know, one of the things I was, when I moved to London back in my, when I was 21 years old, within a year, I was the engineering manager in, a, in an IT repair company. Now, 
you're going to say that, well, that's because you're, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're a bright guy. It's because I just was hungry and I wanted to do more. And the, the, my boss at the time could see that. He could see that. I was 22 years old running an engineering department. And that's the thing about Northern Ireland people. I, I, I never thought that was good enough. I wanted more. I wanted, to, I wanted his job. And then when I got his job, I wanted the, I wanted the, managers, the manager above him's job. And similarly, when I went back to London to Camp Gemini, I wasn't satisfied of being a senior architect. I wanted to lead the practice. And then I wanted to be a vice president. And I, there's, there's nothing stopping us. You have to understand that the, the knowledge and the talent we have here in, in the country is second to none. It's just about challenging yourself and applying yourself. Yeah, no, I think that's solid advice. I completely agree with. I think whenever you're going into it, IT any career it's daunting when you don't know that you can do what you like <laughs> you can work hard at what you like to do and I think just touched on the point that you made about um, people who are in the industry opening their doors and having those op open and honest chats with people who are coming in I do think that needs to happen more as well so completely agree with you there too um well Mark on to the the final question uh, the last question of our podcast is why and I. So what is the one thing, um, if you can pick one, <laughs> that makes Northern Ireland a great place to establish and grow a prosperous and productive tech business? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's one word, talent. We have the talent. That's not debatable. Nobody can debate to me we don't have talent. You know, we do have to put that down to people like um, Belfast Met, Ulster University, Queen's University, in creating such, you know, talented people. But just generally, we, we have talent uh, all over our country. Um, what we need to do is attract it. We need to support it and we need to grow it and nurture it. Um, and we become, you know, the next Silicon Valley. That's, it, it absolutely is in our gift. There's enough companies here. I mean, I, I you know, I, I get to see a lot of startup companies. I mean, I, I so I started a medical startup company before the pandemic who were who, who designed a what they call a pitch booking system. So they sell that to councils where if you want to book your 3G pitch, you know, you use this app. I mean, two guys, um, fantastic talented guys. And you know, we need to support that. We need to think about right, well, they came up with that idea, they built the application. Imagine we give them some more support and they come up with something more exciting and uh you know, really, really critical service to, to our citizens. Not, you know, it's important that the pitch booking, um, but, you know, they came up with that idea and they, they delivered it. There's about 30, 40, 50 companies doing that at the moment. Um, you know, I, I've, I've, worked in, I've worked in GB and I can tell you there is a gap between GB talent and Northern Ireland talent and we are more talented in Northern Ireland than in GB. And that's the one thing I can tell you. So I think for me is why not why Northern Ireland? It's it, it's a fantastic um, incubator. Uh, we have some great companies here. We have some great leaders. I I work with a number of them, and I think if I was nine ten years old again, I would absolutely go down the same route as I did. I would stick to IT and I would make sure that I've got the best uh, knowledge that I can from the education system. And then I would get into the workplace and I would learn and I would grow and grow and grow. So that's my, that's my uh, reason for saying why and I. Mark, that's been brilliant. The whole podcast has been so interesting and the detail that you've gone into um, 
on on all those topics I could listen for hours so hopefully our listeners could too <laughs> um but again thanks so much for for taking the time to chat with me and um, it was Pleasure. great to meet you and yeah. myself and everyone at Enzo Recruitment we wish you and the guys at Civica all the very best great Becca thank you very much and uh really appreciate the time to talk to you and, and I've, I've really enjoyed it as well by the way YNI is brought to you by Enzo Recruitment, specialists in software and cybersecurity in Northern Ireland. To find out more, go to enzorecruitment.com.